For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Richard. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, Jen. And I have three beautiful boys over there. There we go. Joshua, Matthew, and Gabriel with a mouthful. Um, yeah, just really special to, to be up here. I think uh, to have Pete here um, as well. Uh, yeah. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him jogging past our house. And praying for us every day, literally, for I don't know how yeah. many years. Um, so really, a beautiful closure there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, guys, today uh, we wanted to take you on a little, little bit of an adventure. We're going we're gonna to start with a, with a beautiful promise of God. I'm going to take you back a couple of thousand years. And uh, if I manage to land this beautifully, it's going to come back to... The promise of God again, and how we can yeah. take hold of that. We Lisa, you here? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> we felt it so fitting to start us off with this scripture this morning. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the, unf learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I really love that translation. Um, but the next one might be a bit more familiar to you. Both of the same, same verse. Um, Come to me, all who labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you hear how he's calling us to rest? Some of us are saying, rest, what is that? How do I attain it? That sounds great. I'm juggling my work life, my social life, my digital life, my spiritual life. Where am I going to find time for rest? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you have a conversation nowadays with just about anyone, how are you doing? I'm doing great, just yeah. busy, tired, yeah. got too much on my plate. I can just get through this. We just seem to have less and less time for anything joyful, anything that's important and life-giving. This promise of Jesus is becoming more and more relevant mm -hmm. every day. I'd like to just, you know, we could, we could probably do a couple of weeks on this, and, and Glenn warned us to, like, okay, one preach, just <laughs> one preach. So just two things I want to highlight out of this verse. The one thing is Jesus is not offering us, you know, get away from it, get out of it, go and come on holiday with me, I'll take you to an island somewhere, or we'll hop on a cruise ship. He's not offering that. He's... he's talking he's giving an image of work he's talking about rest but he's giving an image of work he's offering a new way of looking at this world this life what do we what we have and experiencing it differently and experiencing his rest the other thing is he's talking about a yoke now historically a yoke is for two animals to work together to achieve something and if he's saying this is my yoke he's inviting us to join in him uh, join in with him, to slow down, walk with him, work with him. Keep in step with him. Yeah. 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 
Today, Richard and I are going to be sharing along three points. The rest that Jesus is talking about, trust in the word of God, and simple obedience is the starter motor of our ever-increasing fellowship with God. Yeah, I love that, that image of a, of a starter motor. You know, it's not going to drive the car. Um, it's just the beginning. It's that initial thing that happens that then gets this beautiful machine going that God has for us. Um, so we're going to be basing this on uh, <laughs> Exodus 23 verse 20. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we knew, we knew there would be laughter. Uh, so for those of you who want to know what that's about, and there we go. <laughs> so uh, it was brought to my attention the other day in home group that uh, apparently every home group I bring up Exodus 23 verse 20 <laughs> over the last couple of last couple of months. So uh, that's my home group. Everyone yeah. who laughed, that's them. That's him. <laughs> hey guys, I'm surprised you didn't bring the banner. <laughs> yeah, so um, if I'm honest, the challenge to me seems to be that we are living all these separate lives. We've got our, our work life and it's compartmentalized and then we've got our spiritual life and that kind of, we keep that separate and we've got our digital life and well, we've got to look good there. So, you know, and then what we do is across all of these different lives, we try and bolt on this thing called Christianity. And we tend to see that as a, a set of rules, a set of guidelines, guiding principles by which to make decisions. And to a certain extent that's true, but we're seeing it as a set of rules instead of an invitation by a loving father to enter his rest. The author of Hebrews says a little bit about this in Hebrews 3 and 4. And, and really, again, the single preach idea, go and read it, please. I'd really encourage you, maybe in your home groups this coming week, if I haven't chatted that through with Glenn yet, so maybe check with him first. <laughs> but, but it'd be really awesome. Go and have a look at that. It is absolutely beautiful. But what the author there is doing in that section is he's tying together this promised land of God with the promised rest of God, and he's tying that together with this promise that Jesus makes of rest. And he warns us that if we continue to think in this way of rules and we harden our hearts, we are at risk of being like the Israelites who relied on their own understanding, hardened their hearts, rebelled against God, and ended up walking around the desert for 40 years. So let's not do that. <laughs> Rest is living from one life, eternal life so that you may know him and arranging our priorities and our life around Jesus, Jesus, our promised land. So today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. What small act of obedience is he calling you to? Yeah. Yeah. One of the challenges we have is what our brains tend to conjure up when we hear this word obedience. So for me, uh, I think of school, I think of, uh, I think of all the laws that we had at school, the rules. Um, I think of religion, I think of policing, and I think of some kind of enforcer that is going to punish me if I don't get it right. I don't believe this is a very helpful picture. God is righteous and he is holy, but he's also our loving father who has good intentions towards us. Yeah. 
He promises us that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And He also promises that He will be a lamp to our feet. Notice, not a lamp to the entire journey we're going to be on with Him. So this obedience that we're talking about, it does not require understanding. If it required understanding, then it's just up to us. Mm. It requires trust. Now, what do I mean by this? So, Joshua, who's just over there. Joshua's just turned 10. Well, about to. Oh, he's about to turn 10, sorry. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and he's given me permission to share this story. And, and uh, yeah. So, basically... He's turning 10. Jen and I prayed about it, and we felt that it was a good time to actually, to actually have the big talk with him. So what we decided uh, after a bit of prayer is that we wanted to do something different, something a little bit difficult, something that would be, uh, create a sense of achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided we're going to go, I'm going to take him up the hill, up Helderberg over here, and uh, we were going to do it faster than ever before. We were going we to run up. Helderberg. So not the whole way, just to clarify, uh, just to Dieselgorge. Um, so, so we got to, to the base and uh, we la- I laid down a couple of rules. Like, okay, Joshy, um, no throwing stones. It's a bad idea. Um, could hurt other people. You know, don't go chasing after snakes. Um, uh, don't wander off by yourself in case you get eaten by leopards. That one works wonders, by the way, to just keep them together. <laughs> so... Um, so we did all of that, and then I made a promise to him. I said, okay, Josh, we are going to do this, and we're going to get up there. We're going to run. We're going to get up there as fast as we possibly can, and it's going to be difficult. But when we get up there, it's going to be amazing. Now, he had no idea at that stage just how difficult it was going to be. There's no reference in his mind that I can draw on that can help him understand that his legs are going to be so sore that he's going to want to give up. And it's not going to encourage him if I try and explain that to him. He also has no reference for how wonderful it's going to be. He's never achieved anything like this before. So how do I explain to him how it's going to look and how he's going to feel once we get up to the top there? And certainly if I tell him that we're going to talk about a whole bunch of gross stuff, he is never going to get going. We're going to stay in that parking lot until I've explained every last detail of it. And even then, I'm not sure we'd get going. So he had to trust me. He had to trust the relationship with me. He had to trust what he had seen of me. He had to trust what he had heard of me. Uh, He had heard stories, believe it or not. You maybe won't believe it now, but I used to run up there. Um, We had to start walking to put into practice all the things we had discussed previously and what we had taught. So he had to listen, he had to obey, and he had to put that trust into action. Okay, so that that basically tees up what we want to talk about. So let's go to Exodus now. Uh, So for context, a little bit of context here. The Israelites have been saved out of Egypt. They've wandered through the desert a little bit. They've seen amazing things. And they get to the mountain, and God gives them Ten Commandments. They've just received, literally just received the Ten Commandments. They've just received all the ordinances. And the fascinating thing is, God does not say at that point, okay, guys, there we go. You got your rules. You know how to live the way I want you to live. There's the promised land. Go. Instead, he says something amazing. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way. 
and to bring you to a place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. When my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I blot them out, you shall not bow down to their gods nor serve them, nor do as they do, but you shall utterly overthrow them and, bring, and break their pillars in pieces. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and, will be and I will take sickness away from you. And skip ahead a bit to 29. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land becomes desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and possessed the land. And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the Euphrates. For I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them and their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. This, um, this verse for me has just been something that God has just been massaging into me over the last few months, really. Um, to the point that it is bit of a bit of a, a weekly event, but do you do you see? Can you how remarkable this really is? If you want evidence that God doesn't live in time and experience time the way we do, here he is. He's talking about a real historic event. I will send my angel, and he does send his angel before them. They do go and take that land, as we know. But he's not only talking about that. He's also promising Jesus who comes many, many, many years later, and he also knows a couple of thousand years later that we're going to be sitting there. Do you see the connection here? So God promises this land. God later calls this land his rest. Jesus promises this rest. It's the same thing. This is a picture of the rest. So God sends his son thousands of years later. Well, at that stage, his son sends the Holy Spirit, and thousands of years later, we have the Holy Spirit here in us. That Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus. Jesus says, this is the rest I'm talking about. This picture that we see here is a picture of the fellowship we can have with God. Jesus came to give us fellowship with God. So we can look at this land and we can see we can look at this promise and we can see what does God intend? How can we have this incredible fellowship with God? What's, what, how do we learn from this picture? So let's go and have a look. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and bring you to the place that I have prepared. There are just so many promises that God makes in this. Bring you, walk with you, guide you and guard you as you do this. Yeah. I can just imagine Jesus saying, I have prepared it. It is finished. I'm waiting for you to be obedient. 
So what do we have to do? God makes many, many promises here. What is our part? What is the role we need to play? Verse 21, pay careful attention to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so we keep in step with him. Sounds a little yeah. bit like Philip's preach just the other day. Abide. <laughs> Obey his yeah. voice. Yeah. Do not rebel against him. So we do not choose our own path based on our own understanding, but we trust and we obey. Eat from the tree of life, not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We are to, verse 22, carefully obey his voice. Just in case you missed verse 21. (laughs) We are to serve the Lord your God, verse 25. Verse 29, we are on to increase and possess the land. Yeah. So we increase and we possess an intimate fellowship with God. I'm going to throw another one in there. Okay. <laughs> that we make no covenant with them or their gods. Yeah. So basically, hear from the Spirit, pay careful attention to Him, keep in step with Him, uh, um, abide mm. and obey, and we can enjoy increased fellowship with God. So let's not make the mistake that the the Israelites made, who failed to trust God and rebelled against Him. So they saw the good things that God had for them. They sent those 12 spies into the land. They saw great fruit. They saw amazing things. Mm. Like Glenn preached the other day, the gifts. But they they also saw these tribes. They saw giants. They saw well-fortified cities, and they made a critical error. They confused what God said He would do with what they needed to do. Every one of us faces the same temptation that Adam and Eve faced. Will we redefine our path forward based on what is deemed acceptable by the world? And the voices in our heads, or will we be obedient and accept the life guidance and promise that's on offer from God? Yeah. So we're not to confuse the work God will do with what He is asking you to do, which is listen and obey. The more we do this, the more it becomes a pattern, something repeated, like taking that each step up the mountain, each act of obedience becoming a rhythm of increasing intimate fellowship with God. Little by little, through acts of obedience, you move into new areas of intimacy with God where you possess, you increase, and you bear much fruit. Right now, you can begin to experience eternal life. Not later, not when we think we're ready, or God forbid, when we die, but right now. So what small act of obedience is he calling you to? So this is, this is really simple. Just obey. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't come out with some kind of resistance. So some of you may have noticed the little bit about those Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites. All the ites. All the ites, yeah. Um, and that little bit about I will be an enemy to your enemies... And make no peace with them and drive them out of the land and utterly overthrow them and destroy their pillars. So what is this about? So if the promised land is fellowship with God, intimate fellowship with God, then these things must be things that can hinder us 
from intimate fellowship with God. So they are typically ideas that are opposed to the will of God or what he's asking you to do. Yeah. It's a warning as well as an encouragement. The encouragement, just obey. It's simple. The warning, his voice, God's voice, is always going to be opposed to the desires of our flesh and the wisdom of this world. Yeah. We will have to die to our fleshly and worldly desires and learn not to lean on our own understanding. But the good news is that he goes before you and he is with you. Yeah, so you remember that little walk up the hill with Joshi? You do. <laughs> we did actually get to that point where, where his legs were sending signals to his brain that his brain had never experienced before. And so... His brain did what every brain does and put emotions in control. He burst into tears and he said, Dad, if we carry on, I'm going to die. <laughs> so I had to take his hand and I had to tell him that he could do it. That he was stronger than he thought he was and he was not going to die. I had to ask him to trust me and continue. It is a wonderful privilege to be able to do difficult things with your kids. Yeah. I think it gives us the smallest inkling of how God sees us and how he partners with us through these trials of various kinds that we face. Now, not all of us are walking up a hill. And uh, while the promised land is the same for all of us, our giants and fortifications are different. In fact... They are different every time we come back to that point again. Obedience is an invitation to partner with God. It's not an in invitation to obey a list of rules. Yeah. Your stronghold might be a spirit of poverty. The obedience may be something like God talking to you about tithing. The, the tribe that you're coming up against that you see on the hill there may be an addiction. The obedience may be something like serving someone. Don't confuse the strongholds and giants with the obedience required to get the miraculous business going of transforming you into the image of God's Son who in obedience to his father died so that we could live so that we could take the land this intimate fellowship with god little by little it looks different for each of us yeah, it does so in our case as we started our walk with god we were living together we were unsaved unmarried living in grossen <laughs> And one weekend, Richard and his dad went on a men's camp, and it was there that the message came through loud and clear. Because dad needed help, eh? yep. just to clarify. <laughs> the message came through loud and clear that Richard was to honor the woman that he was living with. That would be Jen. <laughs> so he came home, and he moved out into our lounge because we didn't have um, money for two rents. And we had a one-bedroom flat, yes, so you yeah. picture it, it was either the lounge or the kitchen. 
So in the lounge, you set up a stretcher, and there you stayed, Herit, for about a year until we Felt got longer. married. Felt longer. <laughs> until we got married. And neither of us actually knew it at the time, but what that act of obedience, through that act of obedience, it slowly took me off the throne and gave God his rightful place. Yeah, yeah. So, so neither of us knew that that was the issue. We didn't realize that that was the problem. Um, that I had put Jen on the throne. Mm. That only became clear afterwards. Yeah. And I, I just got to add something here. I think, um, you know, I just remember coming home, and it was quite a long drive. It was from KZN all the way up to Joburg, where we were staying at the time. And uh, by the time I got pulled into the driveway, I knew I had no option. I had to tell Jen that we were going to change this relationship. And I felt... If we don't stop now, I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have jumped off a, off a, off a bridge or off a rock into water. There's that moment as you stand there, you're shaking and, and you decide you're going to do it. And your whole body goes, what are you doing? <laughs> it's exactly that feeling. Um, no sane woman would ever stick around after you say this to her, after living together for three years. Yeah, but... But God is so good. God had sent his angel ahead and warned me that this was going to happen. And I didn't understand it. Um, and I didn't know the, the Holy Spirit at that stage. Um, but somehow I trusted. Um, most of our friends thought that we were a little bit crazy. Yeah. And we realized then that the worldly views just don't support godly honoring of each other. Um, but if we obey, even if we don't understand why, he makes an enemy of our enemies and an adversary to our adversaries. And he blesses our bread and our water. And today Richard and I stand here by God's grace and a living testimony to how good God is and the truth of this, these verses in Exodus. Yeah. Yeah. So God did bless us. Um, you know... In incredible ways. I mean, we, we had nothing. We, had n we didn't have two pennies to rub together. We couldn't even afford to have the wedding uh, in our backyard. We didn't know what we were going to do. And in this process, God did some amazing stuff. We got a call from someone in the Waterberg to say, hey, listen, do you know anyone who could maybe do a fake wedding for us? Because we kind of want to sell this as a, it's a, as a wedding venue. <laughs> we're like, well, strange thing, you know. We, 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 so we got the wedding venue for nothing. Uh, we, we got up there. There was a, a lodge that opened next door that hadn't opened yet. And they were looking at how do we, how do we advertise this? It's a funny thing. We've got like a whole bunch of guests that need accommodation. Um, we, uh, we thought we were going to do a little braai, you know, in the backyard. And, and uh, he, this chef came up to us. This guy said, can I braai? We're like, yeah, well, yeah, you can braai for us. Turns out he's just been voted South Africa's best chef. He gets a whole lot of people to, all his suppliers to donate food and we get like a seven course meal. So, you know, I can go on and on. Yeah. The point is here that as we look back, I can say like Paul does, that I count that all as loss. That is, it is dim in comparison with what he has done in our lives, this intimate fellowship that we are starting to walk in. And I'm going completely off of track, but... Okay. You have notes. Okay. Oh, there we go, notes. 
So back to my climb up the hill with Joshy. So, um, so many of you will know this place. Anyone who's gone up Helderberg, you'll know this place. It gets like really steep. And just there, it, the, the path splits. So you've got one path that goes up to Dyser Gorge. The other one goes back around and you can go back to the parking lot. And, and it gets steep. So Joshua is at this point describing to me all the sort of intimate and gory details about his imminent death. And uh, sort of recommending that we get a medivac or maybe get the guys to, to come up and fetch us. So, uh, so I looked up and I could see the bench then. I said, okay, Josh, we can, we can do what I said. We can, we can stop here. And you can have your juice and your banana that you've been begging for. But first, how long do you think it's taken us to get here? So I said, well, an yeah, hour and a half, two hours. I said, well, and, and for context, we've done this before as a family, and, and it really does take us two hours to get that far. But um, I said, Josh, what would you say if I said it's taken us 30 minutes? And if you want, we can stop and we can have that juice and the banana, or we can go the rest of the way and we can get up to Dyser Gorge, Dyser Gorge, um, in half the time than we've ever done it before. And so he looked up at me and he's like, Dad, can we run? <laughs> all of a sudden, all the imminent death, the disaster, the, the yeah. things that were going wrong were forgotten. And so we ran that last little while. Well, actually, technically, Josh ran. Um, <laughs> sort of kept up with him, sort of shuffled up there. Um, and we did get to spend a beautiful, beautiful time together. We did get to fellowship. And God opened a conversation that morning between Josh and I about what it is to be a boy, what it is to be a man, what it is to be obedient to God, and what godly responsibility looks like that I think is a conversation that will continue for the rest of our lives. We, we got to rest. We got to eat some amazing mayo sandwiches that Jen made. <laughs> they tasted the best. But just like, just like with Josh and I, I couldn't explain to him how great that was going to be. The same goes for Jen and I. I had no idea just how good life was going to be. When he asked me to that morning to go in and be obedient and say that to Jen, and he asked me to obey, I literally had no idea what he meant and what he had in stock for me. I was quite happy where I was, I thought. I had no reference for what God had in mind for me. Looking back, I realize now that I was completely dead in my sin. And just how remarkable this is and how amazing it is, each of those times where I really thought I was surely going to die, only to find God right there with me. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Yeah. And also he says, those who love me, obey me. It is by the first small act of obedience that we start this incredible journey with him. Today we live in the blessing of, God, what, of what God did, um, what God achieved with a little bit of obedience. Yeah. But unlike my story with Josh now, each of our stories with God doesn't end with rest. God's rest is an open invitation for ever-increasing fellowship with God that opens up little by little 
as you increase and as you possess it, as you make it your own, as Jesus promises, your joy will be full. Your joy will be full to overflowing, in fact. And just when you think you could not possibly have or experience more, he invites you to be obedient in one more thing. And then he sends his angel before you to guard you on the way. And he drives out the unhelpful ideas that prevent you from fellowship with him. He's more committed to it than you are. And he takes you into experience of fellowship with God, which he has prepared for you to possess, own, and bear much fruit for the benefit of others. To each of you, this may look different. What is God showing you? You know, we've just gone through a season of some incredible teachings. Last week, Glenn encouraged us to contemplate this week, think about the gifts that God has made, or given you at least, and the promises He's made, what's been spoken over you. Before that, we did the HS series, which helps us identify these, these strongholds, helps us see the giants and the strongholds that stand against us. Perhaps you find yourself in a place where these seem insurmountable. Mm. Perhaps you find yourself in a place where you want to go charging in headlong and take them on. Be careful. Today, so long as it is called today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. That is just such a beautiful thing that, they, that the author of Hebrews brings in there. Today, as long as it's called today. Yeah. Every day every single day and throughout that day is an invitation not to follow a set of rules but to abide and through abiding to fulfill the rules trust him your job is not your job is to hear him to be obedient to abide to possess the land sow good seeds and bear much fruit from which others can benefit so what small act of obedience do you hear the spirit whispering to you do it Mm. it may look intimidating it may make no sense it is going to be difficult but it is worth it and remember god sends his angel before you to guard you on your way amen amen